to Grow on the Go. And uh, today on Grow on the Go, I have a good friend here. Um, and before I introduce them, I just want to say that uh, we like to talk about books um, at this time of the year, just before summer, because summer's a time when we, we spend more time outdoors, we may have a little bit more free time. And it's really a great time to take advantage of the opportunity to grow on the go, to grow on our, in our faith. And uh, I want to talk with Paul today about a book that has been really important to both of us. So welcome, Paul Gifford. Good morning, Donna. <laughs> um, so a few uh, months ago, I guess, uh, my husband read a book called, go ahead, Paul. It's called Irresistible by Andy Stanley, who's the pastor of a large uh, evangelical church in, in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. The and subtitle of the book is, re go ahead. And Randy and I got, or Randy got both you and I interested in reading this book. Sorry, give us, <laughs> give us the subtitle now. The subtitle of the book is Reclaiming the New that Jesus Unleashed for the World. Hmm. Okay, so tell us why this was an important book for you. Tell us a little bit of your story. Yeah, let me give you a bit of my background. You know, I, I've been a lifelong Christian. I accepted Jesus when I was five and a half years old, and I'm 66 now, so you can do the math. <laughs> and I grew up in a family where my mom and dad both loved the Lord, and consequently, their four kids all were following Jesus. And, uh, you know, we were doing what we were taught to do. And unfortunately, some of that after you know, crossing the line of faith by, uh, you know, accepting Jesus, it was more a focus on what we don't do than on what we do do. So, you know, think about things like, I remember a kid getting in trouble for chewing gum in church and, you know, and then as we got older, it said, well, we don't go to movies and we don't drink or chew or go with girls that do. So, you know, it was just like that. You know, we, we were taught that you know, if we lived a life that followed the rules of the Bible, that uh, uh, people would be attracted to that and would, would ask us and, and come to know. Um, so along the way, um, you know, I, I guess my life, I would say, followed that sort of track. Yes, I did have a, a job where I worked with a lot of unsafe people. But again, you know, not many of those were really friends. Uh, we were taught to be separate from the world. And, uh, you know, I think of my dad who who worked for many years with a fellow, just the two of them in a work team. And every day my dad prayed for, for this fellow and shared the, you know, what he could of his story with him and gave him gospel tracts. But never once were this man and his, his wife ever invited into our home because we just didn't do that. You know, it was, you can be on the outside and all our friends will be Christians and uh, we'll have a good life because we're separate from the world. And you got to wonder where, where we got that idea, because Jesus was always hanging out with people outside the faith. Well, you know, somewhere, some of this got, got messed up in, in how we live, how we evangelize and that sort of thing. And, and my parents, you know, were doing what they were taught. You know, we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday for prayer meeting. You know, it was just always that way. Friday night youth group, Christian clubs, you know, all those sorts of things. Yeah, and it was very much the same for me. Yeah, but, you know, I, I want to highlight one thing that, that happened to me, you know, and 
you know, I said, I've been a lifelong Christian. I can honestly say I've never had a major crisis of faith. But God has been changing me. And and one thing that happened, you know, 15 or so years ago, we had a young pastor in our church named Mark Peters. And he was speaking one Sunday, and he, he, he basically said, you know, he and his wife had just moved, and he kept running into the same young man, another, you know, probably somebody about his age down at the community mailbox. And after meeting two or three times and saying hi, uh, this friend or this person said to Mark, why don't you and your wife come over for a glass of wine? And my initial thought was, are you kidding me? There's no way you can't do that. But Pastor Mark said, we'd love to. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a collective gasp in our church. <laughs> we don't do this, Right. But then, you know, you think about what was Jesus' way? Like you mentioned earlier, Donna, Jesus is known as the friend of sinners. You know, how many times in the Gospels is he going to, you know, a sinner's home for dinner? And loving people and loving the unloved and loving people unbelievably well. And along the way, teaching and uh, healing. And, well, we'll get into it a bit more. But let's dive into the book a little bit. Love that. You know... I guess part of my journey has been learning to love others the way Jesus loved. And Andy Stanley is is basically saying, you know, that's the heart of the gospel. Yes, we love God, but we need to love others the way that Jesus loved. You know, the, you you look right through the gospels and, and Jesus teaching, you know, and Sermon on the Mount, you know, and he, he said at one point that I did not come to abolish the old covenant, I came to fulfill it. But what does that mean? And I think that's part of what Andy's trying to explain in the book. The old covenant being the Old Testament part of the Bible, which was basically the scriptures given to the Jewish people for how they should follow God and God would protect them and God would defeat them. God would, sorry, not defeat them. God would uh, help to defeat their enemies if they followed all of his rules that were given by Moses and others, you know, back in the early days. But when Jesus came, you know, one of the first things, you know, in the Sermon of the Mount, he says, you know, you've been told to, to love your neighbor and, and hate your enemies. But I say, love your enemies. People must have said, what? Are you kidding me? You know, we can't do that. But essentially what Pastor Mark said, I'd love to. I'd love to go. I'd love to be with you and show you Jesus' love. And then Jesus, obviously, when he was teaching Nicodemus, you know, most famous verse, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, not just the Jewish nation, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So all of a sudden we've got a new covenant, and that relates essentially to the New Testament part of our Bible. Well, and I like the way Andy Stanley um, talked about how once there's a new contract or covenant, it makes the old covenant null and void. I mean, it was important for its time and for the people to whom it was written, but it isn't for us per se. Sure. And, and, and really, you know, Andy Stanley takes you through, you know, we've got half an hour, you know, you probably got, uh, you know, a full day of reading to get through his book. But, um, you know, his supposition is that we as Christians are, are still often too caught up in the teachings of the Old Testament, which is not really the guidebook for Christians at all. Yes, there's, you know, we see how God worked. Mm-hmm. We see the, uh, the, pro- the prophecies and the promise of a Messiah coming. We see, a, uh, you know, so many good principled people that got out of their, uh, their rut and, and served God, you know, as prophets, as leaders. You know, we've got people like uh, 
you know, David and Joshua and Gideon that went out and defeated their enemies, you know, and you read many of the Psalms. And what is David asking God to do? He's asking him to go and defeat his enemies, essentially kill them. That was the old covenant, along with 600 plus rules that they had to follow if they wanted to be forgiven of their sins. So the book basically got me thinking more of, okay, where am I on that continuum? Am I still in, in uh, you know, am I, am I treating the Old Testament as my personal guidebook or just using it as, you know, as a reference to the New Testament, which he calls the New Covenant? And he contrasts the two as saying that the Old Testament is really the Jewish scriptures, and I'm not Jewish, and most believers of today, I would say, are not, although I know some that are, and the Christian scriptures being the New Testament or the New Covenant. And, you know, how does this focus on the New Covenant make our faith more irresistible? That's really what we're, we're focusing on here. So, you know, just going further through the life of Jesus, you know, he taught things like love your neighbor, love God and love your neighbor, you're, you're uh, the two uh, most important commandments. Right. And in, right. then the guy, the guy who was talking to him said, well, what does your neighbor mean? And he told the story of the Good Samaritan who rescued the, the Jewish person along the road to Jericho. All of a sudden, they're getting their their idea of uh, loving Jewish people and hating everybody else saying, whoa, just a second. Are you telling me that my neighbor is somebody other than somebody like me? Somebody with the same skin color, speaks the same language, has the same beliefs. And, you know, as we said earlier, Jesus spent three plus years teaching the people the new elements of the new covenant. He loved the unlovable and he totally annoyed and I think almost scared to death the priests and Pharisees and Sadducees of the Jewish faith who ran the non-Roman parts of the business and worship worlds in Judea and Galilee. And they were concerned that they would lose their followers to Jesus. And it comes down to you know, just weeks before his death and resurrection, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead who'd been who'd been in the tomb for four days. And they said, wow, you know, we can't let him keep doing that or, or people aren't going to follow us anymore. But then it all sort of came to a climax when the lead, Jewish leaders convinced Pontius Pilate to crucify Jesus. And even Jesus' followers at that point were surprised. Even, you know, you go back and read what, what uh, people like John wrote, you know, about how much Jesus told them what was going to happen, but they didn't get it. They still thought that Jesus had come to be their Messiah, to conquer the Romans, and to kill all their enemies. Hmm. Um, I, I Just in case you think I've nodded off, I'm just interjecting <laughs> as little as possible because uh, I'm hearing some distortion, and it's just one of the Zoom... It's part of Zoom world. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated, and I want you to just keep talking about what you've learned. But, you know, then what happened? Jesus miraculously rose from the dead, appeared to the women and disciples and hundreds of others before going back to heaven. Then the Holy Spirit was given and the church, or rather the way, as it was called at the time, um, took off like gangbusters with a bunch of non-high-class social leaders. You know, you think fishermen, you think tax collectors, you think Simon, Simon the Zealot, you know, who is a uh, you know, wanted to fight against the Romans, all these different people, flawed but spirit-filled, teaching the people about Jesus and in turn performing great miracles. 
But then you have to go back and think a little bit, where did this happen? Where did the church start? Well, it, it, it started in Jerusalem. And who lives in Jerusalem? Jewish people. And even the disciples themselves, along with their followers, still, you know, clung to the Old Testament, Old Covenant teachings in some way. To the point that when the Apostle Paul, who also was Jewish, but had a separate revelation of, you know, what he needed to be doing, like he was... He had basically been told by God that his job was to bring the Gentiles to Christ. Um, got into a huge argument with, with the leaders of the church in Jerusalem because they they felt that you know every every man that made a decision to follow Christ would have to be circumcised. Well, I won't get into the details of that because it it hurts thinking about it. <laughs> okay, I have to jump in here. <laughs> when our when our oldest daughter was um, going to Bible college. Um, yeah. She was assigned uh, a group project where they had to, um, in some way, they could use choose film or music or any medium to teach a passage. And theirs happened to be um, in, I think it was First Corinthians, and it was a Paul's teaching on circumcision. Yeah, yeah. And they had a guy in their group named Ryan. And so they actually decided to make a little film, and they <laughs> called it Saving Ryan's Privates. <laughs> well and you know this was a big deal oh no kidding you know, so the original church you know still you know had had some ties to the old covenant regardless of jesus teaching yet at the last supper one of jesus statements in john 13 he says a new commandment i give you as I have loved you, love one another. And that's not just the people like us. God wants us to love the world because he loves the world. And the world doesn't include just people that look like me or talk like me or have the same the ideas, as me, right? You know, it's everybody. And have I been good at that? Is this, is this even an easy thing to do? No. You know, we still, as individuals, you know, we read the news or see the news of people doing like absolutely crazy things. And we think, you know, I hate that person. Now, you might not say it that way, but I certainly don't like that person. I'm not ready to go so much that person. I want to get even. I'm, you know, that's how we're wired. And under the old covenant, the Jewish people were allowed to do that if it was non-Jewish people. They go out to battle against them, right? So, you know, even in the new church, there was a, a challenge separating uh, you know, the old covenant from the new covenant. So what's the key here? And I, I, I just, you know, this is uh, something I've copied verbatim out of, out of the book. And it, it basically comes down to, okay, so instead of asking whether something is a sin, ask, what does love require of me? If I'm tempted to do something that's going to hurt somebody, is that a sin? Well, how do I, how do I judge that? And he has a sort of pithy little saying that says, when I'm sure of what to say or do, ask what love requires of you. And that's it. Love God, love others the way Jesus loved you and loved others. Two simple rules, but not easy. Hmm. That's for sure. So, you know, part of, the, part of the challenge of the book is to say, okay, so what place does the Old Testament have in our life as Christians? We talked about that a bit earlier, that it pointed the way to Jesus. You know, the prophecies are great. There's, you know, parts of the Old Testament that are, that are inspiring. Others are, like the book of Judges, are just hard to read. Yeah, along with Leviticus and Exodus, you know, where a lot of the law is laid down. But numbers. Numbers is a real page turner. Numbers, oh, man. You know, I, I pride myself on, on reading through the Bible pretty much every year. And there's some parts that are just, just hard. And it's because they don't align really with the new covenant. 
their old covenant. They're part of the 600 plus rules and people trying to live by those and not always being very successful. Well, and it's kind of like reading somebody else's mail, right? Those those books yeah. were not yeah, intended. I mean, they're, they're good backstory for us. They give us understanding yeah. of our faith. Yeah. Um, but I love how Andy Stanley says, you know, if you have trouble with what appears to be genocide, and I'm not going to get into that conversation yeah. <laughs> um, in the Old Testament, or if you really don't think Jonah was in the big fish for three days and three nights, um, don't hang your faith on that. Hang your right. faith on the life of Jesus. Yeah. And I haven't met very many people who don't think Jesus is a, I mean, most people, even people who reject the Bible outright, who say they reject faith outright they think jesus was great <laughs> you know yeah, and a lot of people walk away from their faith because they can't accept something in the old testament and and andy's saying you don't need to do that you know and you what what has happened you know and he, he gives statistics you know of what has happened over the last 40 years or so in the u.s but the canada i'm sure is much the same is that just so many people have been swayed against anything to do with christianity because of parts of the bible that are hard to believe and that science doesn't necessarily back up and like you say the genocide in the old testament you know we go and pick and choose the stories of people like gideon and uh, and goliath not goliath but david and uh, you know others in the old testament that were heroes of the faith david was was called a man after God's own heart, yet he was out killing people. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Ben conspired honestly. conspired to have his lover's husband killed. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, I'm not going to get into the whole controversy of Old Testament versus New Testament and where it started in the Bible. Andy gives you, uh, you know, the, the church did not have a Bible until three or 400 AD. Mm-hmm. They had a few letters from, uh, from Paul and the other, uh, some of the other apostles, Peter and and John, but they didn't have the whole Bible. And, you know, a, a decision was made to include the Jewish scriptures because there were still, you know, significant number of Jewish believers. That, and it does tie to our New Testament. But, you know, when somebody says the Bible says today, that does not hold anything. You know, people just, just shut things down. But well, among, say, among unbelievers, for sure. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. When you're talking to somebody who's, who's not a Bible-following believer, not a not a Christ follower, put it that way, you know. And Andy Stanley just basically says, instead of saying the Bible says Jesus, mm-hmm. or the Apostle Paul says, the Apostle Paul said this, mm-hmm. and this is what the Apostle Paul did, and this is how they lived their life to show others that God loves them. Mm-hmm. I know that this is a controversial uh, topic. It's a controversial book because. Um, those of us who've grown up in evangelical Christian homes, I mean, the Bible, you just, you never questioned the Bible. And I still, um, I don't think we can or should question the teachings of the new covenant, the scriptures that are intended for Jesus followers. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't stress over um, struggles you have with the Jewish scriptures. They're not for you unless you're Jewish. <laughs> and then it's history, right? It's 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 a history book. Um, it's not necessarily what we're intended to follow in our day-to-day life. Am I saying that well, Paul, or am I just starting a firestorm of uh, controversy? controversy? <laughs> yes, and yes, and yes. But I, hope, <laughs> okay. I, I hope with what we're saying that it will encourage some of your listeners, go and get a copy of Andy Stanley's book called Irresistible. You know, and, 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 
And another thing, um, I have a, a very good friend who who uh, listened to it on Audible, and uh, it's actually Andy Stanley who reads it. Mm. And um, Andy Stanley apparently in the in the introduction says, "Yeah, it's actually better for you to listen to this book than to read it." So. Really? Um, I'd encourage you to do that. And if like me, you're doing a ton of walking this spring, um, you know, pop in your, your head, your earbuds and listen as you walk. And um, I, I, this will rock your world. I can pretty much guarantee it. Don't you think Paul? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know, and, and remembering that Donna, both you and I grew up saying, singing the, the B I B L E that's the book for me. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it's and it's hard. It's hard to say, you know, that there's something wrong with part of the Bible. It's not something wrong with it. No, it's just not. It's just for not us. as it's not as applicable to where we are. Yeah. Um, so funny story. When Kendall was a little girl, she um, we gave her this little children's Bible. Lots of great illustrations and in simple wording, and it was getting really beat up. And and Randy couldn't. He kept asking her, you know, why why is this thing so beat up? Like, what are you doing to your Bible? And sure enough, Paul, she'd been standing alone on the word of God singing the B-I-B-L-E. <laughs> the thing had footprints on it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I just showed my, uh, I, one of the things I love to do is to teach our Discovery Land grade one to four kids in our church. Hmm. We're doing that by Zoom more now than live, but I was showing them last week on the video a book that I had called The, the Bible for Little Eyes, and it was my Bible. Oh, nice. It had the stories right from Genesis through to Revelation, and that's where I learned. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I love the idea of referring to the Old Testament as the Jewish scriptures. Um, that part of the contract for us is uh, has been replaced by a new covenant, a new testament, a new contract, if you like. And uh, mm -hmm. so if you're somebody who's, who's struggled with doubt um, because of things in the Jewish scriptures, limit your reading for a while to um, the the new the new testament that the the christian scriptures and mm -hmm. hang your faith on jesus on what he yeah. did on what he said and on what his followers taught the people who knew him the best that's the best uh, i guess that's the outcome for me of this book um some of the outcome for you paul i think you're saying is you know um a release from some of that legalism that you grew up with is that what you're saying well, it, it certainly is. And it, it's really been part of, you know, the, the book has really helped me in a, in a many year process. I've been undergoing a reshaping my faith and the focus of my life to loving others the way that Jesus loved me mm. and the way he loves everyone. Remember that the person that you might be mad at, um, you know, for whatever reason, because they cut you off in traffic or whatever, is somebody that Jesus loves. Mm. You know? Loves. Yeah. Yeah, in the way I love the way the shack put it um, when Jesus talked about anyone, whether they were a criminal or a little kid, he would say, oh, that one is, is uh, particularly special to me or something along those lines. And Jesus feels that way about every one of us. So, you know, pick up the book, get the book on Audible, if you like. Um, and don't forget, if you think this would be helpful to someone else in your world, uh, like, share and subscribe to Grow on the Go. Thank you so much for being with me today, Paul, and uh, for doing a much better job of unpacking this book than I ever would have done. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Donna Carter, and this is Grow on the Go.
Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com. 